Well, welcome everyone. It's good to um, good to see you this morning, and lovely to see many many faces. Faces some I haven't seen for a while, some I've seen very recently. But it's uh, lovely to see you all this morning, and welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us this morning uh, and being part of the the time of fellowship and to worship this morning, and um, and be able to come together in, I guess. A real acknowledgement that the, we're here for the Lord Jesus Christ and we're here to, to worship Him and, and hear His Word. And I trust this morning that if you're here to really receive from God, uh, from His Word, not from me, not from anything I can say, but if you're here to hear from God's Word this morning, I trust that, uh, that you'll receive. And that's what I'll be uh, praying, for, praying for this morning um, let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 4. And uh, I want to read a passage this morning from this letter, from this book we call the Acts. And uh, pray that um, God is, that you, are, that you are blessed and that more importantly that you receive, or just as important that you receive from the Lord and his word. Now, the last few weeks, I've been I've been pulling out verses here and there, and 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 grabbing different parts of the Bible, and a verse here, and a passage there, and it's sort of been a bit all over the place, so that I can gather together this theme about new beginnings that I've been doing. So today, I'm going to just park in this passage. I'm going to just speak about this and just go to a couple other passages to the left and right of it. But I want to just focus on this, and it's going to be a longer passage. So I want you to just be patient with me as I read through this this longer passage and just really listen to the story. Listen to what's going on here. Listen to what's happening um, as the apostles are being uh, very bold about their faith, but at the same time are getting this constant opposition for what they're for what they're doing. And we're gonna I'm gonna pray in a moment, but we're gonna read from verses one verses 1 to 22. And I just want you to think through it and listen to this passage as I read uh, with you, so if you've got a Bible, that's going to be really helpful because you'll be able to follow with me. Uh, if you don't, just listen, uh, listen to the words that I'm going to read out uh, this morning. So let's just pray. Father in heaven, we pray that as we come before your word this morning, that your Holy Spirit may guide us and lead us, because this is your word. Uh, this is not my word, Father. And I pray your favor be upon us as we as we speak your word and as we receive it with open hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So chapter 4 of the book of Acts, let's go from verse 1 and have a read through this together. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. This is Peter and John, by the way. For it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and a number of men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers and the elders and the scribes, as well as Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power? Or by what name have you done this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If this day we are judged or judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him, by him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who, all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so, that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which you have seen and heard. So when they had, when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them, because of the people, since they were all glorified, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Now I'm not going to go through every verse, verse by verse. I'm just going to go and I'm going to draw on certain ideas in this passage. But I wanted you to get a sense of what was going on in this story and what was happening. Peter and John were just involved in a miracle just the chapter before where they went to this gate called Beautiful and they found a man who was lame. He was lame, I believe, by, from birth. And the man, the man was, was asking for, for money, for help, because he obviously wouldn't have been able to work. He needed some financial help. And he was sitting at the gate asking for help. And Peter says to him, I don't have silver and gold, but what I can give you, I'll give you. Get up in the name of Jesus and walk. Miracle. Amazing. Amazing miracle. And of course, what was really interesting about this miracle, what should have been absolutely beautiful and a reason for the town and the city to rejoice, caused this anxiety and stress amongst the leaders because all of a sudden they were claiming that it was Jesus who they crucified who raised this man to walk. And the book of Acts kind of has this style about it. It has this style, if you read through the book of Acts, it has this style of the apostles or the disciples of Jesus going out and doing the work that Jesus began. And it's a real testimony to the resurrection of Jesus because all the things that they did could not have been done if Jesus had not been resurrected. And so here they were doing all these things and at times that people were receiving them, at times people were rejecting them, at times people were interested, at times people couldn't care less. Sounds a bit like us today, doesn't it? 
And the and the, the stirring of God's truth was evident throughout the, all of the book of the, of all of the book of Acts. And God's spirit is working, and God's spirit's moving through this book. And here is one passage, and this is absolutely critical that we understand. I guess the, the I guess the purpose of this, because what we what we're hearing this morning, what we're hearing is something of a God working and God proclaiming His name through His people. Because at the end of the day, this is about the name of Jesus. And that's the thing we're most concerned about. I hope, as Christians, I hope, as followers of Christ, that the thing we're most concerned about is the name of Jesus. And the very thing that perhaps we don't get caught up in being so concerned about is our own name. And who we are and what people think of us and how good we people think we are. And I hope that like the, the apostles and the disciples, they, they, their whole commitment to following Jesus was to make sure that not their name was proclaimed or declared or announced to everyone, but rather the name of Christ. This is what they were most concerned about. And it sometimes it got them into trouble. But they were committed to this. But you see in this passage here, there's a real sense of conviction of the apostles and the disciples, a real sense of conviction of what they believe, but at the same time, a great sense of confusion and chaos that's going on. How can there, on one hand, can there be such conviction about truth and on the other hand be such confusion and chaos about what's going on? It's because this is the spiritual battle in which we exist even today. While there is truth and there is conviction, people struggle to understand and comprehend, not because they don't want to know what's truth, but they, 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 they struggle to understand or come to terms with it because they're trying to marry for themselves some kind of progressive ideas of our world today and deep down what they know and what kind of feel is true. And they're always struggling with this. I kind of know this is true, but boy, maybe I need to think like this because this is what people are saying today in the world. And so there's no difference here. The disciples are preaching truth. They're declaring truth. There's only one truth. And yet there are, dis- there are leaders of the time and people of the time that are really struggling. And there's chaos and there's confusion and there's fear. Because what are they going to do about this thing that people are calling the truth? Even today, like the, like the days that they were here, even today people call good bad and they call bad good. You, you, you must see that. People look at something that's good and they call it evil and they look at something that's evil and they call it good. That's no different. It's always been happening. It's in the Bible. It's been happening since the beginning of time. And so here they are declaring these truths and uh, by doing this, They're getting a lot of pressure against the truth. But in all this, they're remaining faithful to God as God continues His work in declaring His word to those around them. I believe, brothers and sisters, God is faithful as He was then and it is today. He's faithful And he's waiting for people 
to come to him, listen carefully, to come to him and even return to him. He's faithful and he's waiting for people, even in this room, to come to him. He's faithful and he'll wait. He'll wait. And he's faithful and he's waiting for people to come to him and for people to return to him if they've drifted, if they've moved to the left or to the right. He's faithful in waiting. The Bible tells us in Psalms, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds or the skies. God is faithful in doing that. So what does that mean for you to be here today? What does it mean for you to be here this morning? What does it mean for you to be listening to the Word of God and listening to a God who's faithful in waiting for you to come or return to Him? What does it mean that you're here today? And I hope and pray that as you hear God's Word, that what you're hearing is God's message to you and not mine, and a God whose faithfulness is trying to draw you back to a place where you find peace and power to follow Him. This is God and all that he does. So let's look at this passage in, in little, little bits and pieces and look at uh, what, what God is, um, I pray, what God can share with you uh, this morning. So verses 1 to 4, there's a lot of contradictions going on in verses 1 to 4. They're preaching the word, people are being saved, but at the same time they're being thrown into prison. It's kind of a, a really kind of a mix of things that are going on. They're sharing God's word. The council of the day, or most likely the Sanhedrin or the council of the day, were struggling with what they were saying and they threw them into prison. But what's really interesting about this is even though, even before they could throw them into prison, um, their preaching brought about the salvation of 5,000 people. It's like they couldn't stop God's work because God's work is unstoppable. This is the work of God. When God sets something in motion, and we'll see soon, when God sets something in motion, He can't be stopped by humans. He can't be stopped by man. He can't be stopped by leaders or councils or, or organizations. This is God's work. God's truth is unstoppable. And here they were preaching the gospel. And even though they were, they were struggling with this, the leaders of the day, they were struggling with this and they threw them into prison. Before they could even get them into prison, 5,000 people are saved. Isn't that God? Now what's interesting here in this group of people that threw them into the prison, that we have the Sadducees. And in those times, this little council here, well, they weren't little, this council here played a very, very significant role because what they did is they were kind of like the, the some people suggest they're like the tribunal or even like the Supreme Court of the day. And what they did was basically they decided, they brought people before them, they decided they're guilty, not guilty, what's going to happen to them. They were the ones that essentially sent Jesus to Pilate to be killed. And you can imagine here, there's this kind of feeling uncomfortable because the same Jesus who they sent to Pilate to be killed is now being declared as the same Jesus who healed this man who was lame from birth. And the Sadducees really struggled with it because the Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection. And here they were proclaiming and teaching a resurrection. So they had a problem with this. So the first thing they do is react. And don't people do that? Before they really try and understand what you're trying to say, it's a reaction. It's a reaction to what you have to say. And they reacted and they put him into custody. They put him into prison for a night because they wanted to work out what was going on. And yet people here are still believing. 
And in these contradictions, people still want to understand things. It's like today. People, people um, they don't want to follow truth, but yet they'll want you to do things for them. Like, for example, they don't want to follow truth, but they'll say to you, can you pray for me? What am I praying for? I can pray for you, 100%. I can pray for you, no problem. But in your heart of hearts, do you want truth? Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to put him first in everything? Do you want to make him Lord of your lives? It's like if a, if a, if a, um, a married couple comes to me and says, oh, you know, can you pray for us? We need some prayer. And I think, yeah, definitely I'll pray for you. But are you prepared to put Jesus first in your life, in everything? And so we live in this place of contradictions all the time. And there's no difference here. People are wanting something, but they're struggling with something. They think they need it, but then they don't know if they want it. But at the end of the day, it's the truth. It's the truth that they need, and it is the truth that will set them free. And we know, brothers and sisters, when we talk about the truth, we're not talking about a thing or a philosophy or an idea. When we talk about the truth, we're talking about a person. And that's why we are in love with the truth, because we are in love with the person. And who's that person? It's Jesus. And so what they're struggling with is not an idea or a philosophy. They're struggling with a person, and that's Jesus. They, they can't accept that he is the truth, and they can't accept that they, he becomes their Lord of their life. Whereas we as believers, as we as Christians, will gladly say, yes, Jesus is the truth, and he is the Lord of my life. Because truth is unstoppable. Later in chapter 5, the apostles are put into prison. If you turn with me to chapter 5 and look at... Um, I want to share just a couple of passages, passages here with you. Later in I'll show you how, how, how unstoppable truth is. In chapter 5, the apostles are put into prison. Look at verse 17. And it says, And then the high priest rose up, and all those that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, with anger. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Let's stop the truth. Verse 19. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Because who can stop the truth of God? And even though the people tried to put him into prison and said, you know what, we're going to shut their mouths. We're going to make sure they can't talk about things. That night they're in prison. Along comes the angel, opens the prison doors, says, go, go back onto the streets and start preaching again. Because this is God's truth. What God is giving us is an image, a picture, that this is something that no one can stop. And if you fight against this, listen, if you fight against this, you fight against God. And that's why when they were really struggling to know what to do with these, these disciples, these disciples were doing their heads in. And I think, what are we going to do with them? We're going to do this. This is going to happen. If we do this, this is going to happen. Because, of course, they probably were too worried about what the people were going to think. Along comes a famous man called Gamaliel. Heard of Gamaliel's principle? Along comes his famous, not famous, but he's well known for what he says here. Look at verse 33. Chapter 5, verse 33. And when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them now. Now they want to kill them. <laughs> they don't want to just put them in prison, but they want to kill them. Verse 34. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law. 
and commanded that they put the, put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, Take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain. And all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished. And all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men. Let them alone. For this plan, if, if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. <laughs> it's very smart advice. And I think for that time or for that season, God permitted for this man to speak these words to give help or aid to his people. But listen carefully. The truth of the principle is still the same. We can share with you God's word and we can encourage you in God's word and we can proclaim God's truth to you. But at the end of the day, you're not fighting against me. You're not fighting against us. You're fighting against God. And this is going to put you on a, on a pathway of wrestle and battle where you'll never find peace. Until you come to a place where you say to yourself, Lord, I lay it down. It's got to be your way. It needs to be your way. And until we come to that place, I don't think we can ever find the peace that God gives us. And so this advice is smart. It's the advice that we take today as well. We don't want to fight against God. Or we don't want to fight against the truth, lest we be found ourselves fighting against God. But these people really struggled. They really struggled. They didn't know what to do, so they put them into prison. And, of course, they brought them out the next day. I want you to look at verse 7 with me, going back to chapter 4 now. Look at verse 7 with me. And they said, and, what, and they, when they had set them in the midst, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Now, you can imagine, it's not that they, they don't know, but you can imagine in any sort of trial or any sort of tribunal, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we're going to give you a chance once again to tell us what you did. Okay? Because they kind of would have known already. Peter had already told them back in chapter 3, um, in verse 16, he tells them that it's by the name of Jesus this man was made well. And now they, they, they bring them before the council or the, the courts and they say, okay, tell us again, sort of like, tell us now, here's your opportunity, Who? how did you do this? Because really, deep down in their hearts, did they really want to know? You know did they really want to know? Were they really ready to say, yes, you told me the truth now. I'm ready to receive, I'm ready to accept it. Or secretly, deep in their hearts, what they're trying to do is find a way or a loophole or a way to make some kind of um, accusation or find some way to say, yes, that's why I don't believe what you believe. And that's a really sad place to be for anybody, whether you're a Christian or not. When you ask someone a question and you really want an answer, but the reason why you want an answer is so you can find a way out of having to follow the truth, that's a sad place to be. And these men were doing this. These men were giving him an opportunity because if they could get rid of them once and for all, come on, tell us something, tell us something that will justify why I don't believe what you believe. That's really what they were asking them. Okay, tell us, well, how did you do this? 
And they were, <laughs> being who they were, they weren't going to hold back. And they were going to um, tell them exactly what happened. Look at verse 10. Let it be known to all, to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which the builders rejected and which has become the chief cornerstone. How beautiful is that? I'll tell you what happened. And uh, I'm probably going to finish with this because I want to, there's just too much to go on to finish it today. I want, you to, I want us to think about this for a moment. They say, they say when, they, when they're asked, how did you do this? They said, I'll tell you how we did this. We did this by the name of Jesus. We did this by the name of Jesus who still lives today, the one you tried to crucify. The one that people today continually try to crucify. Today even, people try and do away with. Today people try and mock, ridicule, undermine, somehow argue against. They continue to try and do this and the same Jesus, the resurrected Christ, continues to set people free. Because how do you stop truth? How do you stop the living God? How do you stop the one who rose from the dead, who sets the hearts of men and women free? Because at the end of the day, what they're saying is you tried to stop him, but he's unstoppable. Because today he's a witness. This man who was born like this is made well. He's made whole. What does that mean to be made whole? Well, for this man, it was simple. For this man, it's easy to know how he was made whole. He was made whole because he couldn't walk. He couldn't walk from birth. And now he was made whole. He could now walk. Does that mean this man didn't have other ailments? Does that mean this man didn't have a sore back? Or maybe a sore shoulder? Of course he might have. Making, being made whole meant, in this case, he could walk. Fantastic. That's good. Does that mean this man doesn't get headaches? Of course he might get headaches. But he was made whole. And we know what he needed. Listen, what he needed, what was a trouble to him, what was problematic, he was made whole. In fact, today, brothers and sisters, listen carefully. And today, even today, our weaknesses, the Bible says, is where our strength is made perfect. His strength, rather, is made perfect. Even today, when there is physical tiredness or physical weakness of some kind, or even emotional and mental strain of some type, even in that, the Bible teaches us that God's strength is made perfect. The weakness the Bible talks about isn't sin. It's the physical and emotional and mental ailments that we live and, and exist with us because of our fallenness. But even in that, the Bible says, God's strength is made perfect. This man was made whole. But today, in the name of Jesus, the very things that go deep in our soul and deep in our hearts are things that continue to trouble and burden and bind and take away your peace today. The Lord Jesus Christ, the same Jesus, the resurrected Christ, can make you whole. Do you believe that? The same truth that's unstoppable, that deep in your heart, if you were to trust and to believe in the name of Jesus, that the very thing that continues to bind you um, um, uh, addict you, uh, uh, trouble you, uh, rob you of things of, of, your, of that matter to the soul. Those things, 
you still can be made whole. Because this is the name of Jesus. You say, but how do I control my anger? I always get angry at my friends and my wife, my, my children. How do, I, how do I control that? In the name of Jesus, you can. If you come and for once and for all, prepare to do it his way and to stop fighting against the truth. But I'm constantly lying about stuff. I find myself always in the name of Jesus. You can. You can be made whole. This wholeness we're talking about isn't a wholeness. I'm not, I'm not worried how you look outwardly. It doesn't bother me what your physical appearance is like. Though for sure I love everyone to feel well and to look well. But the wholeness that Jesus offers today is this wholeness of the soul. And that in the name of Jesus, the same Jesus, the resurrected Christ who is with us and among us today, the unstoppable Christ, the unstoppable truth, that if you confess him this morning and trust in him this morning and lay down your life before him this morning, that in the name of Jesus, as Peter declares, that in the name of Jesus, you can be made whole. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I reckon this is a gospel worth preaching. I reckon like the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 I am, it makes me unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And if today, if you believe, it too can be for you. I'm encouraged by the disciples. I'm encouraged by their boldness. And I'm encouraged by their confidence, because what they were interested in is not preaching their own name, but preaching in the name of Jesus. And I would encourage you this morning... Put your, same, put your faith in the same Christ. To put your faith in the same Lord who lives and reigns today as the resurrected Christ. And if we do, to trust him for the very things that are going on in your soul. Let's pray this morning. Join me as we pray. <laughs> as we reflect on the word of God. As we'll continue next time and see what continues to happen in this passage this morning, I want us to focus and really, really dwell on the words of, of Peter, who was filled with the Spirit, who says to them, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man stands here before you whole. I'm not an expert, brothers and sisters. I'm not. I don't know everything that's going on in your life. I can't analyze everything that's going on in your life. I wouldn't dare to do that. But I know through my own experience and through the word of God that if you were to put your trust in the living Christ those things that continue to separate you from God, the things that continue to draw you away from a beautiful, intimate relationship with Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to heal. That your walk and your faith and your life can be one of faithfulness and steadfastness. That what you, what you 
um, um, were, were unable to do, you thought, in the name of Jesus, becomes possible. So as we come and reflect and we sing this morning, just dwell on that thought that on the name of Jesus, things can be made whole. So we just uh, close in prayer this morning. I want us to, again, to think of the words of the Apostle Peter, who declared that in the name of Jesus, this man was made whole. To gaze and fix our eyes upon the Lord Jesus, the one who loves us, who gave himself for us. The one who continues to reach out to us in his truth, because he is truth. And though the world has tried to reject him and hate him and get rid of him, his love for this world continues to wait for those to come to him and return to him. This morning I pray that if you've moved away from him or you've drifted away from him or you can't, find it in you this morning I pray that you would call out and reach out to him as in in the name of Jesus your life can be restored your soul can be restored put him first in everything this is the name of Jesus Father we thank you Lord for this morning we thank you for your word that is given to us We thank you for the most precious name, the name that is above all names. And we thank you this morning that we can declare him and proclaim him, not our name, not the church's name, not my name, but the name of Jesus. We pray that our hearts and our eyes, our minds are fixed upon him, that we look to you, Lord Jesus. We come to you, we look to you, we continue to love you and adore you, make you our gaze and our love. And we pray this morning that you strengthen our faith to remain steadfast in what we do and how we do this. We pray for healing for those among us who need healing in our souls. We pray for troubled souls that in the name of Jesus there is peace. Because if anyone can, Lord, you can. And we love you and we trust in you, Father. Bless your people this week. Let your face shine upon them. And give them your peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.